0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Colleen Johnson, and I'm here to guide us in raw conversations about thriving in life and work so that together we can step into personal agency and stop letting life happen to us. We'll cover topics like health, boundaries, communication, finances, and worthiness. That badass business you've been dreaming of, it's not so far off. The desire to wake up feeling fully alive it's right around the corner. All right. So, welcome to the podcast,
1: Joe. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited for our conversation today um, and to kind of introduce everyone. So, this is Joe Chen Yen and um she is an intuition coach and designer focusing on branding for conscious businesses. Um and I'd love if you can just kind of introduce yourself and introduce a little bit more of what that means for you.
1: Yeah, so I think with my business it was something that I not fell into, but it happened really organically and I think yeah, as as a designer I just in, wanted to combine some of my intuition because it was just something that came really naturally to me. I never really thought so much about how I was going to bring the business to life as an intuition design business. So it, it's one of those things that I can't really explain how it happened because it just happened really naturally. And it was just something that I kind of tested from an intuitive perspective and I just kept following what felt right and it led me to create a business that is based on intuition but also based on bringing the grounded practical aspects of design and branding and blending that in with intuition so the both so that both aspects are balanced.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that so much. I'm really excited kind of as we keep talking so you can like dive into Intuition a little more because I think and um, un- I think some of my audience is going to need a little more introduction to um, mm-hmm. what that looks like for you and what kind of the definition for that um, as you're kind of communicating about it. Um, before we get too far, though, um, I wanted to share a little bit about how we met too because currently you're in Australia and I'm in the U.S. <laughs> um, and I love that we can have this conversation and you and I have. Called a couple times now just to chat and like get to know each other, um, which is so cool. Um, but we met through so I found you on Instagram in Lacey Phillips Manifestation Course. You had put a comment in one of her courses, and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I need to know this person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I found you on Instagram, and then it just I reached out and messaged you, and we um called via zoom call, um, and kind of the rest is history. But, um, I just, I love that. That's kind of like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting that much when I initially messaged you. I was like, oh my gosh, like she's really cool. Like I'd love to know her, but I love that we've kind of been able to go back and forth in that and find some inspiration, um, from each other's stories and kind of from each other's journeys. Um, and, I also just love thinking about how that's possible in our world today. Like we can use a tool like Instagram or an online course and actually get to meet people across the world that, that have like similar mindsets to what we have and similar visions um, to kind of use our, our lives as a learning experience, which is really cool. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just goes to show how effective it is that we can actually have a conversation and communicate from so different from such different places in the world, but come together on things that really resonate for both of mm. us. That's just really special because it's hard to find people who um, are working in a similar area, but also have a similar philosophy to life as well. So yeah. for me, that's, it's, it's been absolutely wonderful. So I've been so grateful for that.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, awesome. So kind of part of why I started this podcast is to bring to light the real stories behind small business owners. Um, so we can be thriving together and learning from each other and kind of expanding each other's mindsets on like what is possible. Um, and, I would love if you're willing to have you kind of share a little bit about, um, the, the story of how you got to where you are and how you came to intuition coaching and branding for conscious businesses. Um, and if you're willing to share like the dead end ideas, the hardships and the good things, um, that would be super awesome. So we can kind of, uh, be able to hear some of that instead of, um, instead of just seeing kind of like that Instagram highlight reel. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess it all started probably when I was in uni and I went to um, Melbourne University and I studied engineering and science and I was in the middle of my engineering degree. I was doing chemical engineering and pharmacology and wow. it was my last year or my second last year, my penultimate year of university. I got this feeling about doing something else, that there was something else that was really calling to me. And it was so strange because it's one of those feelings that cannot be overridden. Hmm. And I think at the time I didn't really know what it was, but it was actually my intuition telling me that this path was not the right path for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it just came because I've always wanted to be someone who was able to use their creativity in a way where I could apply that to work. And I love problem solving. So I think engineering really fed into that. But when it came to creativity, I think it had to be it had to be part of the job. I couldn't really ignore that part of me. And so it really set me on a course to explore what it meant to work as someone who was creative. And so mm-hmm. I ended up doing a graphic design uh, degree. Um, so it was a graph um, a graduate diploma. And still, it, it was quite tricky because I couldn't really see how I could actually get a career in that because I felt like I had five years of engineering and science training versus one year of graf- like graphic design. Mm-hmm. So for me at the time it felt quite like the mountain was really huge and I didn't know yeah, to yeah. it. And so I used, just followed my intuition and I just trusted this process of getting one step closer every time I had a big decision to make. And Mm -hmm. over the course of a few years, I ended up quitting my job, which was a corporate job in marketing. So already I was kind of transitioning to something that was a little bit more creative. And then it ended up pulling me to leave my hometown, which is Melbourne and move all the way across the world to Japan. And I started my business in Japan because I just felt I had so much more space and I wasn't in a full-time job that was keeping me busy all the time. I had time to really sit and explore what it was that I wanted to do and create and naturally I just put a ping out to the internet at the time and I was saying okay guys I've just decided that I'm going to offer a design and if anyone wants to hire me as a designer I'd be happy to to work with you and it was just like this initial message that I sent out in onto Facebook I put put a post Mm -hmm. um and then within like a few weeks I think it was about two weeks I got my first client so that is probably a, a a good example of how following your intuition and following that feeling of being called by your heart, like what feels really right yeah. for you can lead mm-hmm. eventually, like it doesn't happen overnight, but it's a, an, you know, a process over a few years for me, um, to something that I was able to create that really felt deeply aligned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like kind of hearing some of that, I have a lot of like other questions that I'm thinking of that I'd love to ask you. Um, but I guess the first one was, just like thinking about, so you moved to Japan, like that's kind of a big deal to just kind of be like, okay, like, I'm just going to go like move to another country and start my own business. Like, it's not even just like, oh, I'm just going to start my own business. It's like you moved to another country and then you started your own business. What, like, what did that feel like for you as you kind of, did it feel pretty organic? Like you're just like, okay, I'm just going to take this next step and then take this next step. Or did it, did it kind of have like I don't know. I guess I'm just curious what that looked like for you.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting as well because when you step into something that feels a little bit scary, and for me that was moving to Japan, that felt mm-hmm. incredibly scary, and there was points where I wanted to turn back. I realized that it actually freed me up a lot because once you get over something that feels a little bit outside your comfort zone, your comfort zone expands further, and I think yeah, the thing yeah. that like looking back on my life, every time I did something that was intuitive and felt deeply aligned, but slightly scary, it would expand my comfort zone so that the next challenge that came came through, I could take that on. And so when I moved to Japan, it felt like the next step was kind of scary to start my own business. But because I had already done something that was challenging I felt like okay I I can do this this would be the next thing that um I can kind of tackle and I was ready to hold space for it yeah yeah so I think yeah. really living in that um that state where you're welcoming challenges and one of the questions you asked before sorry I, I'll answer it now was around like no, yeah, the fine. most like challenging or you know, like difficult part of setting up your business and, um, you know, actually moving through with everything was probably when you get that challenge to, to step up, you actually take it and you don't look back Mm -hmm. and you trust that whatever step you're going to take, it's going to be in the right direction. If your heart is calling you in that direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm so curious um when I think of i i i don't know this is just a question that I have when I think of um like how you're so- you're from Australia I'm from the u s um and I know something that I feel like is a very cultural, cultural thing in the u s is like we we kind of hide our intuition um or at least it's kind of programmed into us to like to diminish our intuition to kind of you know stick with the practical and um kind of following your heart or trusting your emotions or allowing kind of those empathic feelings um to to like influence you. Um it's just kind of like pushed to the side. And I'm curious if in in Australia or if this is just something to do with how you grew up, it seems like you've really stepped into that role of like trusting your intuition. Um I don't know, I wouldn't say easily, because I know it's a journey and you've shared that with me too. But um I don't know. It just seems very different from what I've seen in a lot of people in the U S and I'd love if you can speak to that and maybe I'm totally way off base. I don't know,
1: but mm. I'm curious. I, I think Australia and the U S is probably similar in terms of, um, how people approach work. So it, it, it mm-hmm. from normally it is from that place of logical reasoning and, being more in that sort of yang energy, which is all about like to-do lists and um, we forget to check in with ourselves when we move into that direction. Yeah, And so it can become really aggressive, not aggressive, but quite competitive and stressful. And it it really Mm -hmm. comes from a place of the fact that we haven't, yeah, stopped to think and really stopped to reflect back on where we are and what feels right. So yeah, I think in terms of intuition in business, it is—it's definitely not something that you come across very often. And in terms of moving with that, it does feel different. But I feel like I'm always someone who chooses to go a different path than other people. Like I kind of feel—I uh, can kind of feel a little bit trapped in the rat race if I go the same direction as where else is heading so I think for me naturally it felt right to go and explore something that felt really different and Mm -hmm. was something that other people weren't necessarily doing when it came to work Um, but definitely it has helped so much in terms of just making business decisions and Knowing how I want to expand my business and how I want to work with people and who I want to work with, it has always been something that is a foundation upon which I built the business. Um, on reflection, I actually feel like for some businesses, it is still really um, part of the process. Maybe intuition isn't named intuition for some people, it might be a gut instinct because you do hear. business so I think people just don't realize they're doing it necessarily and it isn't something that they give more emphasis on so that Mm -hmm. instinct can be often overridden by the logical reasoning um but I think for if you talk to some of the people that run a lot of the big companies I think a lot of big decisions would have started initially from a gut instinct place of I think this is the right way for the company to go
0: so Mm, yeah
1: kind of allowing it to inspire yeah yeah exactly exactly so I think it it, it's, it's an interesting concept in that Um, You can see it from both sides. So you can see it from the side where people are putting their heads down and then working really hard and not really taking a moment to step back and pause and reflect on what feels right. And then you can also see Mm -hmm. it as something that really guides people to make decisions, but there might not be 100% dedicating time to, to expand on that a little bit more or hold space for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Um, yeah, I like how you kind of outlined that there. Um, that was good. That kind of led into my next question as well is just like, how do you personally allow your intuition and how you make space for that? How do you? How does that kind of impact your business boundaries and how you work with others in it? Like, um, whether it's clients or just work with other designers or creatives. Because um, I know you just spoke to a little bit how... Um, you allow your intuition to kind of help you discern where to take your business and kind of who to work with. Um, So I'd love to hear just like how you Mm. work with that in, in regards to boundaries and who you work
1: Mm. with. Yeah. So boundaries is a big one. And also knowing what feels right for your business is so key. So I think for me, I, I make sure that I'm always taking a moment to kind of feel into my body. And I think when we look at our intuition, that's really key because our body tells us so much about what feels right and what feels wrong. So our body never lies to us. It's our mind that overrides that. Um, And I kind of do a bit of a check-in. I think whenever I, I come to a decision that needs to be made and I'm not really sure, I can't see it immediately, I take a moment to really breathe into my body. And kind of feel from that space in terms of okay, what does it feel like? What does that decision initially feel like for me? Am I feeling stressed about it? Does it feel exciting? So knowing where you're starting at is a really good place to um, to begin the process of asking your intuition for guidance. And then I sort of notice mm-hmm. what would feel most expansive, like how would this event or situation evolve that would feel the most expansive and that's the question i always ask myself and usually that will point me into a direction of okay for this particular client you w- definitely want to work with them because that feels really mm-hmm. aligned and exciting so that would be a definite yes for me but the the tricky part is knowing when it doesn't feel 100% right and it's you know it it can feel a little bit confusing. That's the part when you kind of untangle that a little bit more. So when it doesn't give you an immediate expansive yes, ask yourself to uncover what it is that doesn't feel expansive and what it is that doesn't feel 100% right. Like what feels uncomfortable about that decision. So it may be fear that's holding you back. It might be an ego that, you know you you might think at one at one end of the spectrum, you might be like, "Okay, I want to work with this particular client because it has the capacity to do this and this and this for my business, but that is coming from maybe a more egoic place of wanting to push your business out um versus holding space for it to expand, so there's a difference in the the energy that comes through, so if it's something that yeah. feels a little bit more forceful. And coming from a place that doesn't feel 100% um, filled with integrity, then I would ask people to unravel that a little bit more, just so you know where that fear is coming from. And then, For And sure. then once you've identified it, you can kind of put it to the side and then you can focus on what it is that feels expansive. And that should help you see what needs to be done. It's difficult because different situations will obviously bring up different, um, you know, a a different, I guess, um, balance in terms of how or what answers can come through. But that's basically what I do. I I sort of ask my intuition on a level where I look at what I'm fearful of and then also what is expansive and what the potential is. And when you weigh it up, you can Mm -hmm. kind of see how the balance is falling. Like, is it falling more towards the expansion or is it feeling like it isn't the right direction or decision Mm -hmm. to make? Um, And then in terms of boundaries, I think it's a similar thing. It's about knowing what feels supportive and nurturing for you. And nurturing can come from a, a place where it feels scary as well, because often we think that, if we're feeling nourished and nurtured and supported, we feel comfortable. But sometimes the nurturing Mm -hmm. actually is supposed to push you beyond that comfort zone a little bit more too. So holding your boundary um, close to you where you're like, okay, I'm going to work with this and it's going to be a really rigid boundary and it's going to be a really structured way of working, that might feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but it's not nurturing for your business because where you need to be in your business is you, you need to be pushing your energy out a little bit more and holding space for that energy. Um, does, it, does that make sense? It's, it's quite like a mindset, but it, it, it's almost like a feeling as well in terms of what feels most, um, I guess, aligned for where you are at the time. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I also just love the language that you kind of put around um, the the intuition piece, like the expansion or the fearfulness, like being able to think about it in that way. I just, um, what came to mind was you're kind of like, as you were sharing about Japan and moving there is it, you kind of had some fear in that, but you also were sharing how you, it felt expansive in the same in the same moment kind of, but it felt more expansive. Um, and I love kind of just thinking about it in that way. Um, because it does like, there's so many things that we can be fearful of, but it's also this like, okay, like when I take a step back, does it feel, do I sense more fear and more, um, like something's not quite right or is it fear that's going to really expand me and grow me um, and can I lean into that instead, yeah.
1: which is, um, yeah. I think, so powerful. Absolutely. I think identifying the fear is and un- helping that unravel so that you understand where it's coming from is really important. Mm-hmm. And that is it is yeah. part of the intuition piece, exactly, because it, being intuitive doesn't always mean, like, it, it's funny because everyone thinks, oh, if you're intuitive and you're in line and you're in flow, then you're not sitting in fear. But then I think there's always the balance there. It can't always feel in flow and in, in complete alignment because, yeah, that would be amazing to have, but it's acknowledging the fear and working with that and accepting that. It's almost the shadow work aspect of that as well that comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's accepting the duality of both that's going to help you really know what your intuition is telling you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Cause like nobody, nobody loves to do the shadow work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but when we do it really like it, it frees us up. Um, the more we can work on these different things and like life is a journey. We're always going to be learning something new. And so when we can kind of lean into the shadow work and allow that to, to happen, we do expand into new things, into new territories, into new, um, ideas and perspectives that we wouldn't have previously. And it's not always fun to get there, but it makes such a big difference. Um, and we can kind of trust that process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so cool. I love that. Um, so something else that we've talked about a little bit previously is when you, um, work in your business, a lot of times you allow kind of your energy to function as a guide in business. Um, specifically, I know we've talked about how um, you do this within your design work. And when you're working with clients, you kind of allow yourself to feel what the client needs and to intuitively start to understand the energy around the project. Um, and I'd love if you could kind of speak to that a little bit. Um, and how you go about your business in this unique mm, way? So, yeah,
1: I think with design, it is very intuitive for me. So it feels, yeah, I guess it feels really natural to have a conversation with a client where I want to understand them at a deeper level. And I think that's basically Mm -hmm. where it's coming from. It's not coming from a a place where I'm trying to use my intuition in a way. Mm -hmm yeah because yeah the person that you are is, is is someone who wants to explore how people feel and how people think that's how I communicate with my the world around me and that's how I connect with people yeah and connection is such a big part of it because once you're able to connect to someone at that level you're able to see and perceive what they're or what they want to create in their life in a really different way because it's not always what mm-hmm. they say they want that is what they need and that's really interesting yeah. because you might find um, potential clients like that come through and they'll tell you this is what I want I want a website that does this I want branding or a social media strategy that does this and this and this and until you start unraveling and expanding on that with them to understand exactly what it is that they want to feel and how they want to be like be seen in the world and what, what they want to give mm-hmm. back to the community. Until you get to that point, um, that you could be just applying a design brief or a design strategy that really doesn't come from a place of of intuition or heart. It comes from a place of just doing because logically it makes sense yeah um and so when I work with my clients um I ask questions that help me um I guess explore what they're thinking about at a deeper level so the, mm-hmm. the typical question is probably why like why do you want this like why is it important to you what does it mean for you how does it make how would it make other people feel if they interacted with your brand or your business or your service or offering what is the change you want to create for someone what's that transformation that you want to bring to life in someone else and why do you want to do that um also understanding where they what their backstory is like why why did they get to this place where they felt like this was the right Mm -hmm. business for them um and even
0: I always love hearing that
1: from clients. I feel like that's so, um, it's so telling when you
0: get to know kind of where people came from and like why they chose to do the business they're doing.
1: Absolutely. Because you hear so much passion behind that. And when people speak about something with passion, you're able to create something that is coming from the same place, right? Versus asking someone about, okay, so what color do you think you want for your logo? And everybody. Give you that mm-hmm. information because I'm sure like most people would think oh yeah this particular color is something that I've always used for my brand but to ignite that amount of passion it, it has to come from those questions that really go back to their story and what they want mm-hmm. to create in their world um and I think that
0: yeah it allows you to instill kind of instill emotion into the design and into the marketing um, and into the strategies. So it's not like you were saying before, so it's not like stagnant. Mm. It's, it is, it's stemming from that emotion and passion
1: that their like origin story Mm. is from. Yeah. And also where they want to get to as well. Like where's their, where's Mm -hmm. their compass, because that's going to help you see um, the container that they want to blossom into. Um, And I always find that that's incredibly scary process for a lot of clients is moving out of the current container. Like it's like a house, you know, like Mm -hmm. the the website and the branding is is kind of like a house. They've got infrastructure. There's a foundation that feels comfortable and safe and secure and familiar. And then thinking about the new home that they want to move into should feel exciting, but it might not feel familiar. And it might not feel immediately like home, but it's kind of where they're headed. And and I think that mm-hmm. part of it is really something that comes through in the design process when you weave intuition and I weave coaching into it. So we help um mm-hmm. we work with the client to um I, I guess I'm block a lot of the things that come up for them along the way. So any of the fears that sort of come through, we we deal with that together through the design process, but also um, intuitively I, I think I'm I'm quite supportive in that sense where we can always have that, have a chat about that on the phone. And that blends into design so beautifully as well, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I love and that. And then I think the other thing is also if if you're a designer or a creative who is working with a client, you'll notice when a client is saying something that um, has energy around it. So just being aware of the energies that's coming through from someone else and learning to read the cues is going to really help you understand what question you need to ask them next and never um, I always think like if a question is coming through to me, I always ask that, even if it feels like it's a weird question to ask, because it's so funny. Like sometimes I I get a, a feeling of oh, you need to ask the qu- the question about, um, I guess it might be something really random. It might be something like you know why do you feel like you're not really standing in your full worth in your in your business at the moment and that might just be hmm. something that comes yeah. through intuitively and every time mm-hmm. i've asked that it's always given more depth and it's given me more insight into the branding process so weaving mm-hmm. those pieces together is really helpful and i think bringing all of that in and then, working from a strategic place, keeping in mind the intuitive side of things and balancing those aspects out, so it needs to communicate to the heart and the soul as well as to their business, and having that come together is is going to create something that is really strong and not really powerful mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I feel like it's interesting because in in branding in general. And like, I don't know, there is kind of like this, this shallow, I guess, approach to branding or not necessarily shallow, but, um, kind of a a more cut and dry approach to branding. And so when, when you're talking about like asking those like deeper questions, like, are you like, are you showing up or I don't feel like you're showing up necessarily in your, in your worth for this. And that's going to impact kind of the end result. Like those are very deep questions that I think, um, it does take a lot of care to ask those. And like, I know you were talking even earlier on just about like building that relationship, getting to know the origin story of like where these people came from or where our clients came from and why they're doing this business. And you kind of have to build that relationship to ask mm-hmm. those questions, but it also just like that whole journey, then it takes branding to a whole nother level and it takes, um, marketing and strategy. Like it doesn't matter necessarily even what you're doing. Um, cause I know a lot of, like the listeners they're they're, we all come from different backgrounds and we're doing different things, but when you instill a relationship and asking these like deeper questions, no matter what service or product you're offering, like it just creates so much more depth and, um, mm. meaning to what you're creating. And I think that that's, that's huge as we kind of go into our work, no matter what we're yeah. doing. So that's Absolutely. really cool. Absolutely. So cool. Um, so we've kind of talked a little bit about some of like some of my other questions that I have here. Um, but let's see. Yeah, we've like whizzed through a lot of these different things. Okay. And a different topic, um, that we've kind of talked a little bit about, um, is I know we've talked some about how it's interesting when we work with clients that have, um, more like masculine energy versus feminine energy and like yin and yang energy. Um, Can you kind of speak to your thoughts on that process? Because I know when we were talking about it, it was like, I don't know, like I, my brain just kind of exploded a little bit with like, oh my gosh, like all these different thoughts. Um, But can you kind of just share a little bit about your thoughts on kind of yin and yang energy and balancing those two and what that looks like and um, just kind of like leaning into that as an individual and kind of as you're engaging with other mm, people?
1: This is such an interesting question. Yeah. Um, Sorry, no, and this no, isn't no, one we talked no, about no. before, so I'm throwing it at you. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful question because it is so important to be able to see both the feminine and the masculine or the yin and the yang. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And initially, when I was doing some reading, I, I think – this might have been a few years back when the whole discussion of we need to be more feminine in our workplace and there's the workplace is lacking in yin energy or feminine energy. And that's that's mm-hmm. so true because the traditional workplace is, is quite male energy dominant. Um, and yeah. for me, it was almost like this at the time, it was kind of, telling me to switch off my masculine and it was almost saying to me like oh you should like you know hold back on your masculine because being too masculine in the workplace is a bad thing so stop being masculine and be all feminine um and that was really interesting because sometimes I noticed my own Mm -hmm. um I guess self-development or spiritual explorations I tend to bounce from one extreme to the other until I can find the balance. I don't know if other people do that, but yeah. it's almost like you play with the edges of the concept so that you can find where the where you've gone too far, and so you can come back from that. Yeah. So initially, when I yeah. was playing with this idea of bringing in more yin energy into the workplace or into my my business. I was thinking oh okay well I'll just be really um in the flow and for feminine energy that means like really connecting with everyone on a really deep level which is amazing but it meant that I kind of like lowered the importance of having structure and sometimes Mm. it meant that you're not really grounding into that foundation which is really necessary and what I mean by that is having like um you know not being rigid in any means but being firm about what your how you, your business is going to work from a structural perspective like having your tendencies like yeah. making sure your legals are like followed Mm -hmm. finances (laughs) and it's all of those things like having a really clear process um and I think when I initially started like a few years ago I didn't really see the importance of that I had these processes like chugging along in the background but it wasn't something that I was celebrating Mm -hmm. as part of my business because I was like okay they're just things that I have to do right now Mm -hmm. I've come back a little bit full circle around this. And I've realized the benefit of having these structures and this sort of grounding energy, which is that yang energy. Um, and mm-hmm. that's been really important and really helpful in helping me grow my Um, and develop my yin and creativity energy even more so when we speak about yin energy it's all about the flow and it's the creative energy it's opening up to your intuition so it allows for creativity to flow through but if your creativity Mm -hmm. is flowing through and you aren't able to hold space for it which is the masculine or the yang energy it has nowhere to ground and you're going to be stuck with a lot of ideas that are swirling around that you think should all be explored, but you need the yang energy to help you distill that down and say, okay, well, what, what is it that makes most sense to bring through into fruition? How are you going to actually create that? What's the process? What's the steps that you're going to use to bring this into, um, into completion? And that's really important. So if we think about the yin energy as almost that creative energy that's going to spark the idea mm-hmm. and allow you to explore without um, without the boundaries around it, without any sort of structure around it, and then coming back in and bringing that into something that has a bit more structure, which is the which which is the masculine, is going to really help yeah. you. Um, channel things through in a balanced way. So you're looking at both the yang energy and the yin energy.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's so interesting too, because you were, as you were sharing how, so you were more on the like leaning into your feminine energy and then you kind of had to balance, um, balance it with the masculine and the, the yang energy. Um, and I feel like for me it's been the opposite where I've been working in a different environment where it's been more, Yang mm. energy and I've kind of like pushed mm. the yin aside. Um, so it's like just like the flip flap. So now I'm like learning to to bring in that um yin energy and like be able to trust it and allow it space. Um I've always, you know, had that creative spark doing something in my brain, but it is interesting because I've kind of, you know, pushed it to the side in a lot of ways, depending on where I'm working or who I'm working with. Um, and now I'm kind of like learning to come into more alignment with mm-hmm. both. Um, so that's, that's cool though, that we've kind of come from this. Yeah, yeah, I love absolutely.
1: That. And I think having that balance and again, going back to the idea of duality and holding space for both is, is really important yeah. as well. And it's so easy to forget that balance can go out. Like we can feel like, we don't want to have the balance in a way because we want to run in one direction and mm-hmm. forget the other things that we've learned along the way. But
0: holding space <laughs> yeah. and
1: having a container for both is, is really, um, it's really powerful work.
0: For sure. Yeah, that's so good. I love it so much. Um, so kind of going back to branding a little bit, what is your personal favorite part of the branding process like when you dive into a project with your clients um what would you say your favorite part is or do you have one
1: yeah i think having the communication and the the connection with the client is really my favorite part mm. <laughs> um like i love yeah. the creative aspect of it and i love design but for me i think connection helps bring design out in me and without that connection mm-hmm. piece the design doesn't exist so having that first um conversation with a client or potential client and really you know speaking to them on a human level and you know connecting with someone so at such a deep level Is is really beautiful. I love the process also of that collaboration energy that comes into play when you're doing design work because hearing someone's perspective on something is really eye-opening and insightful for me because a lot of the time I I think there is a um, not a thought in not a not a belief in the community but sometimes we think that as a designer we have to hold the expert position in what we do and that's true in in some senses where the practical aspect of design comes into play but when it comes to Mm -hmm. knowing the business the client is the expert in that and it's almost like having the collaboration allows you to bring both parts of expertise together to create something that's really strong So, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. the collaboration, communication and connection would be my favorite part of the branding process.
0: That's so fun. I love it. And yeah, communication is always, it's really, really fun, especially when you have a, a client that, um, you really like it's very synergistic and you have a really strong like
1: relationship that's always so exciting yeah absolutely and I also find that it's challenging too because sometimes you have a client that might think really differently about design than you do or they have a really different perspective on where they want to go strategically than what you think is the best um, outcome for them so it's almost like that that in itself is is an opportunity to learn about yourself and, and other people and, um, mm. and be open-minded. So I find that whole aspect of it quite a spiritual journey in itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love mm-hmm. looking at it that way. That's that's really like a refreshing way to look at it because I feel like we could look at it, you know, so negatively, um, but kind of thinking of it more as part of the journey, as part of the the Absolutely. learning process. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, so another kind of random question, but, um, I know earlier we talked a little bit, you were sharing a little bit kind of about grounding and like, um, I know you share on Instagram, it was pretty recently you were mm. sharing about grounding and it kind of has to do with this next question, but what is your morning routine? And like, how do you kind of start your day from a place of, um, kind of centeredness and groundedness?
1: Yeah. Well, at, at the moment, it's a little bit up in the air actually um I would love I would love to start my day on my morning like slowly and it depends because I mm. think you know we go through spouts where spouts or spurts spurts during yeah um, yeah <laughs> when we're gonna be very busy and you know I think those are really key moments that we need to ground um but it's not mm. always, as, as a human being, it's not always, I'm not always perfect in my grounding practice. So that's the first thing I want to clear up. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> for most mornings, like, I think what I do to really ground is I have a really slow cup of tea. Um, I always have tea in the morning. So whether it's English breakfast or Earl gray um such a tea um not fanatic, but tea um, fan, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tea. Um, that would be the first mm-hmm. thing that I do in the morning. And then I love taking a walk. So I take my puppy for a walk in the morning or in the afternoon. Um, and then just getting out in nature is really, really healing for me. So I think for grounding it's it's just the simple things I think that come into play right and that's the beauty about being Mm intuition intuitive or grounding a lot of the spiritual work that we do can be so simple it can be just going out in the sun and soaking in um the sunlight for like five Mm -hmm. minutes or it mm-hmm. could be having a cup of tea. It could be breathing deeply and returning back to stillness. Or it could be going into yeah. the shower and actually observing how it feels and how good the water feels on our back. It's all of these yeah. really small things that are going to help create that feeling of slowness in your day. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think on the mornings when I'm not waking up and doing something that's immediately grounding, um, i always find mm-hmm. time in the during the day to ground back so i think yeah like my my morning rituals aren't always the same every day because it depends on my schedule a little mm-hmm. bit but i find For that sure. throughout the day no matter what happens i always find time to settle back into my body i always find time to do a ritual that feels nourishing and i think that's the important thing yeah. is, is is not to keep the same, um, I guess, habit and like really hammer that in Mm -hmm. and being, and be really like stressed if you missed it. But it's about infusing Mm -hmm. your day with these different moments that you can kind of um, bring in when you've got a little bit of time or when you have a break. I think those are the the little moments that are really going to help you ground back into yourself.
0: Yeah. I feel like that loops right back to our other topic of like Mm -hmm. the yin and the yang energy. It's like, you know, you, you really have to trust yourself and you like, you definitely have to have some structure to your day, but at the same time, you can allow that kind of yin energy to speak into things like, okay, like, what am I feeling right now? What do I need? What, what, what is my day going to allow? Um, and how can I kind of intuitively let that flow in and fill in
1: the spaces that I have available? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that kind of all just like loops together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because what you would find, I think when anyone is talking about um, reflecting on, you know, parts of their life or their lessons, um, there's always like a theme that links everything together because, it, you know, and yeah, I think yeah. for me, it's, it's really like that duality and also, um, you know, having energetic space for growth Boundaries, um, hmm. yeah. It's it's funny how everything sort of goes back to the same lesson, and you explore that, and then the next phase will start once you finish with that lesson.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, who are some of your favorite role models or kind of mindset expanders when it comes to alignment with your intuition and um, kind of running a a design business and setting healthy boundaries, Um kind of just like who, overall, who are your favorite role models and mindset expanders? That's a lot of different things in like Yeah, one yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, it's so, yeah, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because to find all of those things in one person, it, that's a rare, that's a rare person. It is a rare thing. Um, but <laughs> one of my mentors that I really look up to is, Uh, Chris Doe, and I I don't know if you know of him, he he heads up the Studio Blind, which is um, a motion graphics agency based in LA, and he also has a YouTube channel called The Future. And I found Mm -hmm. initially when you watch his videos on The Future, he doesn't really come across as someone who might be – coming so you know 100% from like a space of intuition because a lot of the stuff that he talks about is strategy and building a, a business um so he talks about the the business of design but when you actually move through his content and look at it at a deeper level you realize that everything he says is coming from a space where it feels very aligned for what he knows to be true within himself and that. I think, mm. yeah, is, is such an expander. He is such an expander for me in terms of what it feels like to run a business that is that successful and that big um, but mm. still be able to hold space for what you know to be true for yourself. Um, so he also does quite a lot of work around self development and he and he brings that into his talks as well, which is really interesting um but yeah for me he, yeah that's really cool. um he sort of ticks off all of those things
0: that's awesome that's crazy. I didn't actually quite expect you to have one person for all that, so that's yeah. really cool, <laughs> very cool. Um, so kind of my, my last question before we wrap up is on your journey, kind of as a business owner, and since you've started your business, what is one way that you personally lean in when things are more difficult? Mm.
1: I know that's a, that's kind Mm. of a tough question. What is one thing that I do when I lean in when things are most difficult? Um, it's tricky because I think it depends a little bit on the situation um, because sometimes i I will go and you know speak to my friend or you know talk, talk to someone for support um, but mm-hmm. I think ultimately it all comes back to seeing it from a perspective of growth and what the lesson is mm-hmm. and I think that's been. true in everything, everything difficult that I've had to go through in my life. It's always reflecting on it and seeing what lesson has it given me? um, What the opportunity has it, what opportunity has it given me to grow even more um, and Mm. really taking time to, to sit with the lesson and not hurrying through it because you're resisting how it feels or how challenging it may be, or how uncomfortable it may be, but really, yeah, accepting the fact that you can lean into it and really sit with, um, all the feelings that are coming through and you can come out at the other end, knowing that you've grown and knowing that you've, you've had a lesson that, that has been come, that has come through in a really timely fashion and usually you'll find the lessons For will sure. come back again and again until you you learn them um, until you learn it yeah. <laughs> so, and then you'll probably get <laughs> yeah. even more intense uh, the more that you ignore them so witnessing that as mm-hmm. as almost a sign from the universe to say hey you've got to you've got to move through this this is something that you need to step into mm-hmm. and have that I pay attention, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and having that perspective that it isn't a bad thing when things are difficult or uncomfortable. It's never a bad thing. Um, I remember going through a point where I just finished doing a Reiki training i was I was doing level three Reiki, and I came out of the training, yeah. and what Reiki does is it just kind of detoxes or brings up a lot of things that may feel um uh blocks all your shadow comes up during that during that yeah and yeah. for me I felt like I I plunged into this period of like almost like low motivate. I had no motivation it wasn't even low it was like no motivation I was feeling really mm-hmm. depressed and it was only for like a week or so or two weeks of, of that but I it brought so much fear I remember waking up every day and crying um, and I just Mm. felt so helpless and hopeless and I just didn't know like why I felt like that or what what I wanted to do with my business and it was scary because I'm always someone who tries to look at the bright side of things and see the positive in every situation and stay really motivated generally very easy to mm-hmm. mot- like i very self motivated so when i had no motivation <laughs> it scared me so much and it was so frightening mm-hmm. to go through that but i knew that i had to go through that because that was going to help me move through other periods of my life where i felt like i didn't have any motivation like how do you get through that how do you move through to yeah. the next level or you know expand beyond that um so at the at the time i really i remember feeling very resistant to it but then as i moved through it and i could see the light on the other side i was like okay this is why i needed to move through it because i felt so much stronger having gone through that lesson
0: yeah yeah i feel like whenever we hit those um those difficult times it, it does it takes giving a lot, giving ourselves mm. a lot of grace um and just recognizing like like you said, it, it, it's a, it's a lesson. I feel like when we're in the middle of it, it can be so hard Mm. to think of it that way. And that's where kind of the grace piece comes in. And then as we're able to move through it and as we're able to kind of allow the feelings and then kind of move to the next phase of then being able to see that, like the lesson and see Mm. the hope at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love it. We're we're like kind of ended there on like a, a more intense note. But um I love it though and I really appreciate it so much. Um those that that's exactly exactly like I feel like people we when we're honest and we like share some of those difficult like we all have those hard moments and the more we can kind of come together as a community and say like, yeah, this happens, but we all get to learn and grow mm-hmm. together, um, and I think that just has so much yeah. power. Um, and
1: we yeah. can just really empower each other, and I Absolutely. love that so much. And it's almost—I mean—the reason why we felt the discomfort is because our ego is flaring up, right? And that's something to that mm-hmm. acknowledge. Yeah. that, is yeah. that um, it's a lesson about what you're trying to control in your life, because. Often we're like, "Oh, unless we're happy, unless we feel completely nourished, unless we feel like we're always acting from this space, that's you know like we're gonna shun every other aspect of ourselves um so acknowledging mm-hmm. that that is in a sense like us trying to control things and learning how to release that sense of control so that we're not coming from a space which is forceful, and you know that is yeah." that is feeling like it's not, that it's coming from a fearful space, then that in itself is, is a really big thing to, that's a really big insight to gain from that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. Thank you so much again. That was really great. I love that last little bit of conversation and, um, just kind of openness. so kind of as we're wrapping up, I know um, I'm super thankful for this conversation. I love every time we chat. It's so fun and just makes me think a lot. And I love that. Um, so kind of as we're wrapping up, how can people find you online? Um, and what are some new things that we can be keeping our eyes out? I know you've got some new things that are going to be coming up soon. And I'd love to hear you just share a little bit about that and where. Yeah, we can so find you.
1: I am at... Joe Chan Yan, so um, J-O-C-H-U-N-Y-A-N. And so that's .com, but also on Instagram and Facebook as well. So I've got a Facebook group which I started recently called The Conscious Creative, and that's a supportive group for creatives, um, for people with a conscious business, and for makers who want to chat more about the business aspect of things but coming from an intuitive space and also bringing in ritual and balancing our business from the heart, you know, and also the head as well, but keeping both aspects balanced. Um, so that's something that, that yes. I'm doing at the moment, which has been really good and very nourishing and fulfilling. Um, So a lot of conversations are happening over on there. So I would encourage anyone who is interested, who has a conscious business or is a creative to check that out. Um, And then the other thing that I'm working on is I'm writing a book. So I'm in the middle of a, it's a journaling workbook, which is such a, a wonderful thing that I've always wanted to do, like in a physical form. So I've written the ebook version a few years ago, but this is like looking at it from a whole new different perspective. So, basically, it's a guide to working with your intuition. And it's going to take you through 52 weeks. So, for, across the year. And there'll be exercises each week to help you deepen and nourish and explore your intuition further. So, that will be coming up, coming out in November. Uh, so, I'm just in the process of finishing that book up. But it will be, yeah, really exciting to have that launched.
0: For sure. Yeah, I'm super excited to see as that comes together. Um, yeah, I'm for sure going to buy that. And then for for the community, I know the easiest place I've found to get access to that is in your Instagram, um, in the links that you have on your Instagram. So if anyone's having a hard time finding that, if you go to her Instagram and then... Um, from the links there you can easily find the communities. yeah so. yeah. Um, yeah I just really appreciate your time and um, all of the the really great conversation that you brought to the table thank so. you
1: thank you so much Megan I, I just love also like yeah ditto right back like <laughs> i love and um, so yeah, it always fills me with so much joy after we chat so it always helps me so mm. much and it's so supportive yeah. so thank you so much for your beautiful questions today thank you so much for joining me on this
0: episode of the reclamation podcast i hope it served you on your own reclamation journey and know that i'm rooting for you all the way If you want to learn more about the show guests, head to the website, thereclamationpodcast.com. And if you found value in the show, five stars is always appreciated. Good things are coming for you. Bye for now.